This episode contains themes of sexual assault, necrophilia, cannibalism, violence against individuals of a particular sexuality, and drug use. Viewer discretion is advised. Yeah. I don't know what else is a large insect butterfly. Grasshopper. They're small. Big grasshoppers. Okay, big grasshoppers. And later he Big caterpillars. <laughs> the big very ant. hungry caterpillar. <laughs> he collected that one. <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Prime Time True Crime Podcast. I'm Robin. I'm Brody. And today we're bringing you an episode on Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh, bit of a big boy case this one. Yeah, I feel like this might be one of the most well-known cases we've probably covered outside of Australia. I think he's definitely top five well-known up where with like Bundy and um, Gacy and that sort of thing. I think, I think the gravity of his crimes as well make him so, I guess, make people so interested in... Yeah, him and his kind of situation. Does he have any movies or anything based around him? Yeah, I think there's a movie called My Friend Dharma. I haven't seen it, but I did just uh, finish watching. There is an in- uh, If you type into YouTube, J- Jeffrey Dharma 1994 interview, there's a really interesting interview with Jeffrey in prison with his father and his mother, where they talk about why they think Jeffrey might have gone you know, down the path he did. I think that most of the well-known pop culture sort of killers normally have like a media that ties in with them. So I feel like if Jet Dharma didn't have a movie like, say for instance, like the, the Bundy Files or Zodiac, the movie, or I think Gacy has a couple of things about him as well. Yeah, you've got Gacy in 2003, and then I just discovered there is Dharma vs. Gacy in 2010. Not sure what that's about. It's my favourite thing, pretending that all the serial killers live in a little shared universe like the Marvel sort of thing. Anyway, uh, let's jump into it. Alright, so our story starts in the 1960s in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Do you know anything about Jeffrey Dahmer? Uh, I only know sort of the gruesome facts about like f- turning people into basically zombies with chemicals and, you know, cannibals and that sort of thing. I think some of it might be a bit pushed up in terms of what he actually did, but they're the kind of pop culture things I know about him. Yeah, unfortunately there is some zombie stuff, but we will touch on that a bit later. Yeah, I, I assumed it was kind of accurate. <laughs> Alright, so, Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer was born on May 21st, 1960. He was the first of two children for Joyce Flint and Lionel Dahmer. Was there any serial killers before that time for him to kind of get inspired by? Or was he one of the first fledgling cases of, like, the original sort of wave of them? So funny you mention that. I don't know about serial killers per se that went to the gravity that Dharma went to. But in one of his later victims, the victim actually reported that he was watching The Exorcist. When the, the victim, yeah, when the victim was invited, that would have been early seventies, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm just wondering, maybe not so much other serial killers, but maybe horror movies and different things of that time. Did you have... say that he was watching The Exorcist? Or the oh, person... he just had it. He just had it on in the background. Who? Dharma. Dharma. When the victim was led into the. That movie is more about like, kind of pro-Catholic, isn't it? They're pushing out a demon within somebody and. That sort of thing. I wouldn't say it's like a pushing for serial killer, unless no. he was into like Satan. But maybe he was trying to say something that like the evil in him or something. I don't but know. But now we're just get... headcanning. Yeah, now we're just going down a rabbit. I was thinking more of you know how some people like today you can just like watch Netflix and find documentaries on mm. like Bundy, Dharma himself, Gacy. I know Bundy was before, but as we'll touch on later, Dharma didn't target women specifically. So when was um Gein? Gein, I don't know about. I don't know a whole lot about Gein. I think he was. I, I, I always just hear of him as like the godfather of all modern, like quote unquote modern serial killers. But yeah. I guess Jack the Ripper, but that wasn't. Oh, that really. was in the like eighteen hundreds. Yeah, so and that was also women. And H. So. H. Holmes, maybe I don't know. Mm. They're the only ones I know from early, but from what it seems, he wasn't influenced per se as far as that yeah. goes. But yeah, funny about the Exorcist. He was watching that. I don't know what you can work out from that, but uh, that horror movies have no correlation with violence. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> All right, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. <laughs> um, in the 1994 documentary I mentioned in the introduction of this episode, uh, it was with Stone Phillips. If you're American, that might be a big name to you. Unfortunately, it means nothing to me. Sorry, what was Stone Phillips? I just did an interview, famous interview. Oh, that's your interview. Okay. With, yeah, with Jeffrey and Lionel in the prison. Okay. So Lionel in this interview argued that the use of alcohol and drugs by Joyce during pregnancy may have affected Jeffrey, but Joyce blatantly denies that. Is there any evidence for that? No, just Lionel saying, I saw... No, I meant evidence for that oh, having any oh. effect at all. No. Is there any evidence like smoking and drinking having any prenatal problems? No. Okay. No. 
but yeah, so Joyce was like, no, that never happened. And Lionel was like, oh, well, because Lionel was really into discovering why Jeffrey became the way he did. Je- yeah. Lionel really looked into his own history and that sort of thing. Whereas Joyce was more of the opinion that she couldn't really grieve her son. Is this like nature versus nurture? Yeah. That you are having without knowing it? Yeah, so Joyce was kind of upset in the sense that she couldn't really grieve her son or his behaviour because of who he was and what he did. For someone who I know who's kind of an expert in this field, what did a uh, Mindhunter man say? Mindhunter man say? Yeah, the guy who Mindhunter's based on? Uh, John Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, he got to have a chat with Jeffrey himself. He also said that he didn't consider uh, Jeffrey insane at all. Oh, okay. He didn't think Jeffrey was insane. He thought he was in control of what eventually ended up happening. And John Douglas is quite a reputable source within criminology, isn't he? Yeah, well, he started the... Well, he was part of the start of the behavioural... Science. science unit in the FBI. Yeah, so his opinion is pretty trustworthy. Yeah. So in terms of like what Dahmer's uh, mother was arguing, it's not many much evidence that he had like a inbuilt illness or you know, incapacity that would have caused these crimes. No, no. Okay. But we'll see. We'll see a bit later some of the reasons that you might be able to draw out from this one. Yeah, like probably common things like alcoholism or abuse might play a factor, I assume. So. Uh, Lionel Dharma was a chemistry student, and he when this is when Jeffrey. Hang on. This is when chemistry. You say. This, yeah, I was. I knew you were going to say that. When Jeffrey was born, uh, he went on to work in chemistry. Though later on, his mum. His mum was a teletype machine instructor. Now I tried to. Learn, was that like a big thing back in the day? I think so because this was before like your computers and stuff. Or well, home all, computers. All, computers yeah. definitely well, existed. They went to the moon. Oh yeah, but. All I'm, all we've, been, I, <laughs> we've been to the moon, homie. What are you talking about? All I could get was that they were used to type and send messages. So I was thinking maybe... We do that now. Maybe like a fax machine? Maybe. Or like a like early email. I, I, I know the computers before they were home devices were used in office places and that sort of thing to send mm. working emails and that. It wasn't really used as a pleasure sort of item. Yeah. Um, so what we can see from that is that his parents were quite intelligent obviously Lionel studying chemistry and yeah. she's an instructor for what might be I'm not do you know what type of chemistry in particular like was it chemistry for like medicine or was it just like I'm not 100% making sure. bombs and shit like, no I don't think it was making bombs and shit <laughs> but yeah I'm not sure I know chemistry is quite broad that's all there was, um, so during his infancy and his early childhood, his parents claimed, or sorry, people claimed that there was deprivation towards Jeffrey, as in his parents didn't show him, like, much affection or love. Right, I'm going to just point this out now. Did these come out before or after his crimes? After. I, the problem I have here is... I mean, is, most of this information is... The problem I have here is it's easy to look back and be like, that's probably what yeah, we'll just blame yeah. them. I, it's more viable to me if it comes out pre-murders, because... It's easy to look back and be like, oh, it was probably that. But why, why would you look at it for pre-murders? You're just like, oh, that's Jeffrey. He's you not doing d- you, anything. You could typically, if you're a teacher, see signs of abuse in children. You have a duty of care, especially in Australian education, to find out whether kids are being abused or mistreated at home and then report it. So I assume America has a similar sort of you know, welfare system. I know the UN rights of a child wasn't a thing by now, but there's still like a duty of care there. So if there was abuse, that would be like the first factors I'd look at. In that 1994 documentary, Lionel sort of says, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. He he genuinely pushes, maybe, yeah, maybe that was correct. Maybe we didn't show him enough affection. Was Lionel younger or older than Dharma? Lionel's his dad. Oh, Lionel's his dad. Yes. Okay, cool, sorry. He hasn't got any siblings at this stage. Okay. And um, his mother, Joyce, again, denies anything like that. I mean, you have to, right? Yeah, saying, you know, Jeffrey wasn't deprived or... Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, people were like, they didn't spend much time with their son. Yeah, but like, I mean, I was a pretty independent child when I grew up, and I'm not out killing homies yet. <laughs> Give it a couple of years. But other reports, as we've just touched on, you know, can't always believe what comes out after. Yeah, I mean, uh, look at Loftus, right? <laughs> uh, other reports said that Jeffrey was happy, energetic, um, but he did, his behaviour sort of did change after he had a double hernia operation. What's that? Now, I looked into this. From what I understand is it's a weakness in the abdominal wall, which is like your stomach yeah. stomach lining kind of thing. Um, and it was affecting the way that when he was digesting, it was affecting how it that was... It was like painful to eat? I think it was affecting how it was leaving his body. Oh, his poo hurt. Well, not his... He had the bad poo. 
Yeah, maybe. It was something to do with like getting rid of waste he was having okay. trouble with. and Yeah, so he had that surgery. Maybe he's just going to sound gross. Maybe the way his bum pushes out waste, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was... Like, if someone knows, please yeah. inform us. <laughs> but interestingly, while I was looking up what double hernia procedures are, so if you have to have an emergency double hernia procedure... They're called strangulation and incarceration. They're specific terms for different types of procedures for a double hernia. And that's just a cool fact? That's just a cool fact. Cool facts of Rob. We're talking about crime. I was like, oh, it's called strangulation. Like, I had to like double read it. I was like, sorry? <laughs> sorry, Fair what? enough. All right, what's next? Uh, but as you just brought up about teachers, so an outside opinion, teachers said that Jeffrey was quite a bit quiet, a bit shy, a little bit... That could be a multiple of signs, though. I would probably, maybe anxiety, maybe peer or social um, withdrawal. You know, it doesn't have to be just abuse that people are quiet in a classroom. Maybe having not the right level of knowledge and not being able to understand or, you know, get into the classwork could also be a reason. Like, there's several reasons why kids are quiet in classrooms. And as a child, um, Jeffrey started to grow an interest in dead animals. That's not good. No, we, we, we all know where that one goes. That's like a red flag number one, right? Like, don't kill the cat. So Jeffrey started collecting large insects, so like butterflies and... Yeah. I don't know, what else is a large insect? Butterflies? Grasshopper. They're small. Big grasshoppers. Okay, big grasshoppers. And later he... Big caterpillars. <laughs> the big very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> he collected that one. <laughs> um, and he later collected roadkill. Ah. And was his parents okay with this? Well, I'll touch on Lionel in a minute. Okay. I feel like Lionel's like, yeah. what are you doing, no, kid? No, no. <laughs> Lionel's like, get me a caterpillar, mate. <laughs> get me a hungry one. <laughs> but Jeffrey sort of said, you know, that came from... He wanted to see how the animals fit together. That's fucked. It is. That's how human centipede starts. No, but he wanted to see how, like, the structure of the Oh, he was interested from a biological point of view. That's what what I read out of that. Sure, it's strange, but... I I guess he can't just Google it, right? Like, if I was interested in how a butterfly worked, I'd just Google it. Also, side note, ain't it weird how butterflies are literally a transformation, like real-world Pokemon stuff? Yes. That's crazy. It's like, what is it, Caterpie to Butterfree? So, coming back to Lionel... Lionel said that that interest may have arose from Jeffrey seeing Lionel doing the same thing himself, because Lionel also had a fascination with the animal bones that like were found in their backyard and under the house. Okay. Um, yeah. So Lionel said he also had that curiosity. Yeah. So that's why probably that's more prob- of a hobby at this point, right? That's probably why it wasn't anything yeah. that was punished or stopped. I think there is a, a name for this sort of hobby. Um, I'm not sure of it though. Uh, in 1968, when Jeffrey was eight years old. Uh, Lionel, Lionel told a story about how they were, they were having chicken bones with their dinner, and Jeffrey asked how they would react to bleach. So, oh, okay. I don't, see, I don't know because his dad's a chemist. Yeah. But so I don't know if this would. He was be... probably thinking about cleaning bones, right? Yeah. Which I assume bleach does. Yes. Okay. Um, so Lionel taught him how to bleach and preserve animal, but the animal bones. He was obviously Lionel was obviously aware by yeah, this point. Yeah, th- but this is a real hobby though. Like, this is a real thing you can do. I, it's not taxidermy, is it? It's something like yeah. that. And I, I was wondering, you know, as Lionel was a chemist, you know, maybe he saw Jeffrey's curiosity as important, as being close to his son. Yeah, as... it's a body, like some, me and my dad bonded over motorsport, for instance. Yeah. Like, you would have bonded with your dad over football. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, like, especially if you're in, like, a, I shouldn't know, like, in a farm sort of environment. He doesn't have any siblings, like... Ah, uh... Didn't, I didn't actually write down what age his brother David was born, but he does get a brother somewhere. Yeah, but I assume it's a young, quite younger yeah, brother. Quite younger. So, I mean, like, there's no TV, there's no video games, really. Like, what else are you meant to do? Go out and look at, look at the caterpillars. I mean, if his dad's also interested in it, it's, yeah, like, yeah, it's, like it's a, a bonding possibly opportunity. Possibly a bonding. So maybe that seems weird on the surface, but I don't think it's weird on if the we surface. Lo- if we look at it a bit deeper, I don't think it's weird on the surface or deeper down until. You know, obviously later in life where it's not just he's doing that for that reason, but yeah. yeah. Uh, When Jeffrey was 14, uh, he began drinking beer and hard alcohol, so I assume we're talking spirits. We're talking telly on a Wednesday, sort of smashing it. That's a Tasmanian reference. Anyway, (laughs) and when he was asked about his alcohol drinking habit, he referred to it as his medicine. That's really weird. Um... How were drinking laws back in the 70s, do you know? Probably pretty lax. Probably mm. like, eh. 
just the beer love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in high school, he was viewed, began to be viewed as an outcast, um, but yeah. he also was highly intelligent, had good grades. Uh, I know that alcohol does um, affect childhood development. I'm yeah. not sure of the actual specifics here. I think it affects brain development, especially because of that. It affects your breath. Because he's about to go through puberty, too. It also affects your breath, weight, that sort of thing as well, right? Mm. Yeah. And concentration, and then all those things if he is. Sleeping, yeah. yeah. Jeffrey also states that during this time he found out he was gay, um, but he didn't tell his parents. I I don't. I think that's given the times. During the seventies, I don't think he would. He also stated around this time he began to fascinate about dominating and controlling a submissive partner. Oh, okay. At age fourteen, still. He's a power top. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, Jeffrey's got a bit of an alcohol issue. He's a bit of an outcast at school, but he's doing pretty well at school. But he's also starting to develop these thoughts about... And he has a fascination with... Um, animal. Passed away animals yeah. and chemicals. Yep. Yep. At the age of 16, Jeffrey stated that he explored the relationship, um, like, between dissecting animals and the fantasies he was having. Oh, so he started <laughs> to make a connection in his head. He had a fantasy of a jogger. I assume him over time he must have watched this jogger run past this location that Jeffrey was at. And he wait- Jeffrey actually waited with a bat for the jogger to come past. Um, but the jogger, for whatever reason, someone was looking out for him because the jogger didn't come by that day. Um, is that Jeffrey giving that account? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, is 16? Yes. Okay. And apparently a catchphrase at school was known as doing a dharma. Um, where Because da- Jeffrey was sort of, you know, your class clown, you're sort of doing your pranks, sort yeah. of. That kind Prank of... Prank Nation, Scotty and the Ninjas. I don't think Scotty and the Ninjas were involved, but... At 17, Jeffrey's grades begin to decline. Yep. Um, his parents also begin attending counselling to save their marriage, as it came out during counselling that Joyce had actually had an affair. Ah. Uh, um, and Lionel and Joyce decided to divorce. Who got custody at 17? So... Jeff, so they, the divorce wasn't finalised till Jeffrey was past 18. So okay. I don't quite know how America works because over here it's obviously 18. Yeah. But I would assume because what happened. He'd ha- be independent, right? Because Joyce, yeah, Joyce took Jeffrey's younger son. Sorry, not. <laughs> Joyce took Jeffrey's younger brother, not yep. son, sorry. And Lionel just moved out. Yeah. Well, so, Jeffrey's an adult, so he can make yeah. his own decisions, I assume. So, yeah, when Jeffrey's 18, Lionel moved out. He also graduated from high school. Uh, yep. At 18? Yeah. America's system confuses mm. me. So, uh, as I said, Joyce and Jeffrey's brother, David, they move out, and Jeffrey's left on his own in the house. Okay. And then three weeks after he graduates from high school, Jeffrey committed his first murder. Right, so being alone with no one to kind of guide or supervise him, he's just acted on these fantasies he's just all of a sudden there's no yeah there's no one around him to say mate yeah. why are you bringing home a dead body or what are you what are you doing why are you home so late kind of thing yeah so on june 18th 1978 jeffrey picked up a hitchhiker called stephen hicks and stephen was also 18 jeffrey allured him to the house on the pretense of just having a drink together obviously jeff's still having trouble with yeah. alcohol uh, Jeffrey states that after listening to music and drinking for a while, Stephen decided that, you know, about time to leave, I'm ready to go. Yeah, skedaddle. But Jeffrey didn't want him to. Ah. Uh. He hit Stephen with a dumbbell. While Stephen was unconscious, Jeffrey strangled him with the bar of the dumbbell. Right. Yep. Okay. He removed Stephen's clothes and masturbated over the body. Jeffrey dissected the body and scattered the remains in his backyard. Weeks later, he dug the body up and used a kitchen knife to separate the flesh from the bone. He dissolved the flesh in acid, crushed the bones with a sledgehammer, and scattered the remains back in the backyard. Making it be pretty hard to find Pretty that. hard to work out that there was actually a full, you know, yeah. set of... So that was... That. How did he get acid? Maybe Lionel? I Is don't... it easy to get acid? Am I dumb? I... That was what I was confused about, because later on he's lacing people with sleeping pills and things. I was like, isn't anyone going, hang on, Jeffrey, why are you always buying pills? I feel like if you're committing murder, then maybe your least concern is the availability of acid or sleeping pills. I'm just, I'm not sure if there was... You a... can go get sleeping pills though, right? Like, there's nothing really stopping us. Is it? I, I thought feel like after it's a certain, certain part, though, they're like, 
Hang on, aren't you in here all the time getting sleep? Well, he wouldn't be in there all the time. It's not like he was murdering yeah. like every yeah. day, like no. what one or two pills. Well, towards the end, it got bad. Yeah, but like <laughs> he's probably not taking the sleeping pills himself. No. So the one or yeah. two he'd be taking at night, he's just giving to people. Yeah. No, this is quite viable. So six weeks later, Lionel uh, must have found a new partner because Lionel and his new partner go back to the house to live with Jeffrey, and Jeffrey enrolled in university. Hey. And he went to study business. 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 Yeah. So not chemistry. No. Okay. Probably because his grades probably dropped. I don't know if they have an ATAR sort of system in America too, where you. Need... I think you have to get into university. Yeah. So. Well, you have to here, but Utah's lets anyone in. So Jeff didn't. Jeff didn't do well at university. Alcohol was hindering what yeah. was going on. He was still abusing alcohol. He's not like party drinking, is he? He's no, like, he's just hitting the bottle. He hate being sober, sort of thing. Bit of chief Keith. Lionel decided to take a trip and visit Jeffrey at uni. Alcohol bottles were all through his, well, I guess it was a dormitory room. Yeah. And uh, Jeffrey dropped out of university after three months. Okay, yeah. So business career didn't quite take off. Yeah. Well, university's not for a lot of people, though. <clears throat> but notice at this time, what you'll see is when Jeffrey's busy or has stuff going on in his life, he's not, he's not pre- preoccupied with yeah. his fantasies. I feel like that's a lot of people, though. Yeah. Well, in 1979, at 19... Uh, Lionel convinced Jeffrey to enrol in the army. Um, Jeffrey trained as a med- medical specialist. Yep. yep. So I don't know if that's coming from anything from. We probably just want to be on the like yeah. firing squad. Probably not. And he was stationed in Germany as a combat medic. During what war? It was just. Or just peacekeeping. No, I think peacekeeping in 1979. Definitely not a war. 79. Okay, it's yeah. 19. Yeah. Yeah. When did uh, the Berlin Wall come down? I think around the early 90s, okay, maybe? Yeah, so we're still far I always off. think it was, like, further back, but it's more recent than... Yeah, it was up there for quite a while. Communism bad, bro. Mm. Uh, while Jeffrey is serving in the army, two soldiers stated they were raped by Jeffrey during his service. One stated his abuse was over a 17-month period, and the other states Jeffrey drugged and raped him in a vehicle. So Jeffrey's using, you know, medicine to get people as victims. Well, what we'll see a bit later is the drugging and assaulting becomes part of his modus operandi. Yeah. Whereas with the Stephen Hicks murder, he just sort of, like, hit him. You know, he just attacked him. He didn't drug him. He didn't... So... Do you think the medical role was now his uh, ability to be in a position of power? Like, offering medical aid to soldiers is quite empowering. And as a gay man, probably getting closer to... Well, I, don't, I don't know much about I, that. Yeah, I don't but, have much experience. But just like, um, you know, these big, muscly, like, strong men, offering them assistance when they need it is quite an empowering feeling. Mm-hmm. Maybe he selected that role just because of that, you know, deep down desire to, like, like you said, he wanted to dominate mm-hmm. other men. So Jeffrey's alcohol abuse was not going away. So that, that continued. Yeah. Um, and therefore his army performance also was deteriorating at the same time. So it sounds like alcoholism is a big issue Pretty for big his issue whole for life. Jeffrey. Yeah. He's hey, only he's quite young. Yeah, he's only nineteen at this point. Yeah, he's younger than we are. Uh Jeffrey was discharged from the army. He was an honourable discharge. Honourable, okay cool. Um in nineteen eighty one, so that puts Jeffrey at twenty one when he was discharged. What for? Was he just discharged because he wanted to be uh, there? just because of his performance and Okay yeah. yeah. So not dishonourably so honourably discharged. Yeah it was honourably. Okay. Uh Jeffrey was I don't didn't know this was a thing or how this works, but apparently Jeffrey was provided with a plane ticket to travel anywhere in the US. I assume the intention of that was to go home. Um, but I'm the, not sure. Yeah. But anyway, Jeffrey decided he didn't want to go home because, you know, Lionel would find out and he didn't yeah. want to know that Jeffrey... He had failed again. Yeah. So he flew to Florida, Miami. Ah, the retirement homes. He found a job. Doing? Uh, he was a delicatessen. Ooh, fancy boy. Yeah, so he got to work with food and foreign foods and things like that. Nice. Um, so, yeah, he went to Florida, did that, and got some additional money, but that only helped with using it on alcohol. Yep. And, and Jeff- housing, I assume. And Jeffrey was fired, so he came back to... Uh, at that point, they were living in Ohio. Okay. So uh, he's had three career paths so far, and they've, and all, they've all gone. fizzled out. Uh, when he returned... And how old is he, sorry? Uh, sorry, uh, he is 21 at this point. So still quite a young yeah. man, and he's had three failed attempts already yeah. during the 70s where I feel like you had to be insane earlier than mm. you have now. Like, now you're, like, 25. It's, like, yeah. it's still fine. It's yeah. fine finding your feet, but... 
So when Jeffrey went back home to Ohio, he was asked to be given chores around the house. Now, I included this. Sorry, he asked to be given chores? Yeah, he asked to be given chores. Now, I included this because I thought, well, you know, maybe that's Jeffrey looking for attempts to be busy so he can stop thinking about what might be going on in his mind. Yeah. And two weeks after he returned, Jeffrey was arrested for drunk and disorderly. Okay, so... Which wasn't a surprise, Alcohol again. Uh, So, yeah, still in 1981, uh, Lionel sent Jeffrey to live with his grandparents. Lionel hoped that the love that his grandmother had for him and the positive influence she had would help Jeffrey begin to get his life together. But in reality, I assume that it's just going to make him more bored and volatile. Possibly push him away from his parents even further, who he feels like... Already abandoning him. Yes, so, but Jeff, Jeffrey obliged. He looked for work. Uh, he attended church, but that's, that's not something that's really come up that his parents were religious or anything like that, so I don't know if that was something instilled in Jeffrey anyway. But Maybe his grandparents, though? Yeah. Uh, but he still smoked and drank. In 1982, at the age of 22, Jeffrey got a job at the Blood Plasma Centre. I assume that's where you donate blood and that, that kind of thing. Yeah, or you just save blood for vampires. Oh, that too. 50-50, isn't it? Maybe the ideal job for Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey was also arrested for indecent exposure to 25 people, uh, including children. How? Uh, I was in public, I assume. Drunk? Yeah, he was fined. Okay. Jeffrey held his job uh, taking blood for 10 months before he was laid off. Okay. In 1985, at the age of 25, Jeffrey got a job at the Milwaukee Chocolate Factory, and he worked six days a week. So he's back in Milwaukee at this yep. point. Yeah, with his grandparents. So. And he's working at the chocolate factory. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. He's had some pretty sick jobs. He took blood last one. Now he's going for chocolate. Delicatessen yeah, you know, yeah. in the army. He's, he's a bit all right. Business, yeah. <laughs> Didn't work out? No. Jeffrey states that while reading at the library one day, he was propositioned by a man. The man threw a note in Jeffrey's lap and offered to perform fellatio. Tries a friendly kiss. Jeffrey chose not to respond. Okay. Surprisingly, but it reignited his, you know, his fantasies Desires. and yeah. feelings of control. I mean, he's in power again, right? Someone's offering to Someone perform fellatio on him. Exactly. Uh, this started Jeffrey like going out and attending gay bars and nightclubs and bathhouses. Bathhouses, which I think's where you just you know you can go and you just go and have a bath or some, spa some and there's some different men around kind yeah. of thing. This sounds quite nice. <laughs> Not for me, but just nice in general. Jeffrey stole a male mannequin. Oh, for sexual pleasure. Sorry, so what? How? <laughs> I don't know how you get out the door with a male mannequin. It's pretty fitting to character though that he's going to use a sexual partner who is not all there, almost like a zombie, if you will. Mm, this might come up later. Come up. Mm. That male mannequin will never leave him. But unfortunately, it did. Oh. Uh, his grandmother discovered it and told him to get rid of that. I, I would too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he. Do you reckon he dressed it? I don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey said that he found public bathhouses a relaxing place. I like a bath. Yeah, you do. You're a yeah, bathy boy. Bath boy. Uh, but during sexual encounters, he said he got frustrated because companions would move. What? You know, when you're having intercourse and you move. Jeffrey didn't like that. Uh, oh, that's... F- <laughs> oh, no. He says... Jesus Christ. That's how sex works, Jeff. He says, Jeff, please. (laughs) Jeff, please. He says, during this time, he began to view people as items of pleasure, not people. That's sociopathic. In 1960. This guy's going to have a killer, mark my words. I reckon. Oh, here it is. Yeah. In 1986, uh, Jeffrey is 26 at this point. Yep. Jeffrey starts using sleeping pills for sexual partners and. Assaulting their unconscious bodies. So, non-consensual. Yes. Would be the word I'd use. Yeah, well, sorry. What I meant was he's choosing partners, but then drugging drugging them. them, Yeah. And then assaulting them. Yeah, not like they're like, hey, I'm going to knock the unconscious you into this. No. I don't think anyone would be into that, right? No. Maybe. After doing this 12 times, Jeffrey's membership to the bathhouse was cancelled. Oh, because of this? or Yes, because of that. How did they catch him? Complaints. They wake up eventually, don't they? Yeah, but like, surely he has like an, a story going on, like, oh no, you just fell asleep and we didn't do anything, or we got really drunk and you didn't do anything. I believe people started complaining about it. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. I go to the bathhouse to 
you know, have some consensual, alive sex, not knocked out zombo sex. After his membership to the bathhouse was cancelled, Jeffrey looked for new ideas. Okay. Jeffrey read in the newspaper that a funeral was about to be held in his state. Oh, come on. For an 18-year-old boy. Jeffrey thought about stealing the corpse, but when he tried, he found the soil a bit too hard. I'm glad. <laughs> Is that the only thing he found hard about this situation? Not, you yeah. know, grave robbing or necrophilia? No, no. Just, just the dirt. The soil was a bit too hard to dig up, so All right. he gave Fuck. up on that one. Don't wet it or anything, mate. Just give up. That's, that's what I can't stand, right? Cool, he's a killer, he's a necrophilia. He just gives up a lot. I can't mm. stand the quitter, mm. you know? Jeffrey was charged with indecent exposure again in front of two 12-year-olds. But that's surely more than indecent exposure. Surely that's considered pedophilia as well. He admitted the offence, but then later said he was urinating and didn't see anyone else around. Uh, he was given one year of probation and told to attend counselling. For his pedophilic intentions or just the nudity or alcoholism? Probably all of the above. Okay. In 1987, Jeffrey is now 27. He begins inviting individuals to hotel rooms after he was banned from the bathhouses. So we've moved on from grave robbing. Yeah. One such encounter was with Stephen Tuomi or Chuomi. Chuomi. Who Jeffrey met at a bar. Jeffrey always stated that he never intended to kill Stephen. Um, but his plan was just to drug and assault him like he'd done his, in the bathhouses. His basic game plan. The next day, Jeffrey woke up and found Stephen lying underneath him with his chest caved in and covered in bruises. Oh. Uh, Jeffrey says that his fists were also bruised, but he had absolutely no memory of doing that. Or, But he, when, he, when he was arrested, he said, look, I must, I must have done it because there's no other explanation for that. Yeah, but it was but a he, drunken... But he himself cannot remember it. Like a drunken sort yeah, of... Yeah, so I mean, he didn't deny that obviously it caused the death. Well, so he's been caught in the act of murder? No. What? Didn't, oh, when he was caught later, later. Yeah, okay, sorry, cool, cool, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, when he was caught later, he said, oh, yeah. no, that one he didn't mean to. Wasn't me. Alright, and this is when it gets a bit weird, so... Only just now. So the grave robbing and drugging your partners wasn't weird. Sorry, this is where it gets worse. Okay. So if you do want to switch off now, I, I do understand. Um, head up then. Not you. Oh, fine, let's hear more about bodies and boys. Jeffrey disposed of Stephen by transporting the body in a suitcase back to his grand grandmother's house from the hotel. How big was the suit? Hang on. Mm. How hard is it to fit a person in a suitcase? Uh, I don't know. Have you tried it? It hasn't come up. Yeah, neither. So I couldn't tell you that. A anyone who knows, let us know. If you've ever tried to sneak a body out in a suitcase due to your murdering them in your drunken race whilst you drugged them to be asleep, hit us up. Jeffrey severed the head, arms and legs. Then oh, he like deconstructed it like a Lego to fit in the suitcase. No, no, no. This is when he got back. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know how. I still don't know the answer to your question of how he's getting that body in there. Must have been a big suitcase. Maybe it's easier than we think. Maybe a lot of crimes are easier than we think. Right. So he's, he's got away with a lot so far. So he severed the head, arms and legs, then filleted the bones and cut the flesh into small pieces. He said that was to make it more manageable. Manageable for what? Jeffrey placed the flesh in plastic bags. He used a sledgehammer to crush the bones and placed the body into the trash, minus the head. What did he do with the head? Jeffrey kept the head for two weeks. Why? It was then boiled and bleached to use for masturbation. The skull <sighs> ended up brittle from the bleach, so he got rid of them. Oh, it's, not, it's only that reason. It's not the, you know, the fucked up using it, someone's dead head as a wanking device. No, no, just got too brittle, so unusable. <laughs> brittle uh, from bleach or, like, bleach or the other substance? No, the bleach. Okay. Uh, Apparently this commenced when Jeffrey actively started looking for victims rather than sort of chance encounters. Yeah. Um, and he used, you know, if you'll see through most of these, he used his modus operandi, drugging, assaulting, killing. Yeah. In that order, right? Yes. Cool. Two months after killing Stephen, Jeffrey met a 14-year-old male prostitute, James, James Doxtator. Okay, 14 years old. 14 years old, so I... Does he have a thing for kids, or is this just happenstance, like, the third time now that he's been caught doing something with a child? <sighs> Did he ever admit to it? Because this seems like a very big coincidence that this is a third example of him doing something illegal or involving underage people. I don't think he people. ever straight up explicitly said... So it's just a coincidence, or happenstance, because... I mean, I think he's not dumb enough to... Are you not getting that vibe as well, yeah, though? Yeah, And I mean, it gets worse in that respect, too. But yeah. 
But what I was trying to work out is I didn't think a 14-year-old could say explicitly say, I am a male prostitute, given their age. I don't think... Well, it's not a profession you can ever claim, right? It's just something that you inherit as a title mm. or like a line of work. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's legitimized as a natural career. No, especially not in a child. It's not to have unions for... I mean, they probably should, but like, there's no unions or anything like workers' rights for people who are pro- considered prostitutes. So I don't see an age entry thing being an issue. Mm, apart from the fact that you are committing... Well, there's, there's heaps of kids on the street. Oh, like. yeah. Anyway, he was lured to Jeffrey's home with an offer of money if he posed for bitches. The pair engaged in sexual conduct before James was drugged and Jeffrey strangled him. Jeffrey left the body for a week before doing as he had done with Stephen's body. Is he still at his grandparents at this point? Yes. Are they just never home? No, no, no. He goes to hotels. Oh, okay. He's running out hotels and stuff. Yep, yep. And then taking the bodies. He's still working at the... Um... Yeah, the chocolate factory. Okay. And the moon followed. Um, and he did the same that he'd done with the head. Bleached it and then, and then used it. And then used it. And then but this is a child's head now. Got rid of it, yeah. It's an undeveloped child head skull. He's okay. This yep. is this is hard. Sorry, just give me a sec. Just keep you keep going. I just need a sec. Nineteen ninety eight, at the age of twenty eight, Jeffrey meets twenty two year old Richard Guerrero outside a gay bar. He offers him money to spend the night with him. He then drugged Richard with sleeping pills and strangled him before performing oral sex on the body. Richard was dismembered. Does that work when they're unconscious? How does the mouth hold like suction? Sure, you just like. Inserting I your... I think Jeffrey... Move the, the jaw on, up and no, down. No, 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 no. Jeffrey himself on the unconscious individual's genitalia. Oh, he's performing the oral Yeah, thing. I okay. think that's what I get out of Because the other way it just seems weird, right? Because there's no... Their jaw would be, like, loose and yeah. teeth. No, like, it wouldn't. Yeah. But also flaccid. I don't think the semantics of this matter. Yeah, also flaccid, though, so... Can, I don't, can you achieve an erection whilst unconscious? Guys do it, I assume, when they're sleeping, right? I guess so, yeah. You can have a... This episode's already gross. Like, a wet dream also happens whilst you're technically unconscious asleep. So I assume that yeah. it's just blood flow, right? Like, your yeah. body doesn't turn off when you're unconscious. Well, no, at this point, he was he was strangled, so... Oh, he's dead? Yeah, at this point, this... Oh, I don't know, then. Richard's I don't wanna, dead, I don't want to know, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Richard was dismembered a day later, which I kept in my notes, because with the other bodies, he'd sort of just left them for a bit yeah but he, he sort of hurried Richard along well he's probably got better at it right he was probably the first week he was just like a bit nervous or wanted to he, has he still got the younger boy head yeah he's so he kept probably all his heads he probably doesn't need to be that gen- gentle now because even if he messes it up he's still got another head like he's I know it sounds disgusting but oh actually I don't know if he's got the younger boy's head I don't know timeline wise whether that one's destroyed as well well if he does right then there's no reason to be extra careful like even if he fucks it up he's still got mm. something um, but he is token collecting heads, which is... So he keeps this head too. Okay. Yeah, the token collecting heads is just another weird fucked up thing he's doing. There's so many. There's just a list goes on. It gets worse and worse. I don't want to say it too preemptively, but this is probably the worst serial killer I've heard of so far. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I mean, as sad as it sounds, I'm sort of doing my whole degree and reading so many. And I've read Jeffrey Dahmer's crime many times. Crimes, I should say. That I'm sort of like, yep, okay, I know what I'm in for when I yeah, start reading. Yeah, it's formality to you, right? But it's, to anyone else, it's the first it's time, the first time you hear this is unbelievable. This is just the worst one we've heard so far. Can we, <laughs> out of context, can we just take a break next episode and just like relax a little bit? And go back to F1. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I'm <laughs> so, right. it's so heavy. Alright. Jeffrey took another male individual to his house, and after giving the male a drug coffee, uh, Jeffrey's grandmother yelled out and asked if he was home, you know. Jeffrey, is that you? I don't think she sounded like that, but go on. That's her grandmother. <laughs> Jeffrey apparently replied in a way that sort of indicated he wasn't on his own, but yeah. apparently his grandmother sort of figured that no, he wasn't, but yeah. didn't know the context of. She probably thinks he's on a date or something. He's a he's a man. Yeah. Um, but for that reason, Jeffrey decided not to kill the person he was with and took them to a hospital. Um. Okay, how are we explaining that one? I don't know. There's no more context I have for you. I don't know whether he just dropped him off outside and just... There you go. Yeah, I assume, I assume he's not exchanging real names. But, yeah, definitely yeah. wasn't caught up with that one. Yeah. Jeffrey's grandmother asked him to move out. <laughs> not not just after that yeah. instance, but he was asked to move out in 1988. Yep. Due to the foul smell and bringing men home all the time. Okay. Jeffrey found an apartment and moved in. 
so this is going to be a problem, right? Because he's already killing whilst he's with people, but we know that it gets worse when he's alone. Mm. He's drinking and he's killing, right? Exactly. Both. A day later, after moving into... Can the- I just make a prediction? Yeah. He's alone, right? Yep. I don't see him lasting long at his job if he's alone. You'll be surprised with this one, then. So, a day after moving in, Jeffrey was arrested for drugging and assaulting a 13-year-old boy. See, okay, once again, right, this is now the fourth example of a child. Mm-hmm. This is not a coincidence anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he brought... He'd, said to the child, you know, come up to my apartment for photos. I work at a chocolate factory. For photos, I'll pay you some money. Yeah. He was convicted of second degree assault. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they're finally gone. Yep. No. Um, and while he was awaiting... Surely there's more than that. He's also with a minor. Okay, cool. While waiting for sentencing, he moved back to his grandmother's. I, I, don't, know, want... I don't know why that reasoning was, but while waiting for sentencing, he moved back. He probably couldn't afford the house anymore. But also, how is it just assault? Surely that's... He gets done for pedophilia as well. We'll get there. Okay. 1989, so he's 29, and two months before his sentencing, two months before his sentencing, Jeffrey murders 24-year-old Anthony Sears. He's still killing while on trial. He's awaiting sentencing. Yeah. Jesus, how was no one monitoring him? I guess it's not. Wait, what do they say? That's the only crime they know about is the offering a kid, the kid upstairs. Kid to go okay, so he's not a dangerous. And take pictures. Yeah. And this, oh. and Anthony C is an, is an adult. So. I guess we can't. I guess we can't view him as a dangerous criminal yet in the eyes of the law, right? Yeah. Okay. So he'd met Anthony at a gay bar. Jeffrey said that during the encounter he didn't intend on harming Anthony, um, but apparently Anthony just started talking to him. I don't know what Jeffrey means by that. Well, at the bar, talking to him, right? Yeah, but just in general talking to him, or just you started speaking to him? Robin, or? there are two adults at a bar. What do you think they're both there for? Yeah, okay. The pair went to Jeffrey's grandmother's house, engaged in oral sex before Anthony was strangled. So the grandmother has... I thought she wasn't cool with any of this. No, she, apparently she's not, but she's like, well, he's my grandson, so yeah, better fair. let him back. Fair. The next day, Jeffrey placed the body in the bathtub where he decapitated the body, stripped the flesh, and pulverised the bones. God, he's got a lot of free time. Well, he only gets one day off of work. I don't know how he fits this in. How do you know that? Because when I was looking up about, like, the chocolate factory, it said, you know, he worked there six days a week, and they're getting Saturdays off. Okay. But what Maybe he worked... Well, no, he, he, just, he had his night off in the bar. All, you, all you'll see, like, what you'll see later is Jeffrey starts asking for time off to deal with these yeah. things. This is so pedantic, by the way. We're here talking about a known serial killer being like, when does he get the time from work? Mm. Um, yeah, so he pulverised the bones and put them in the trash. Jeffrey states he found Anthony attractive, and for that reason, he preserved his head and genitalia in his work locker. So he's just collecting skulls at this point, like they're trophies to him. Well, he hasn't got any skulls because he's destroyed them. The ones he did have. Yeah. But, yeah, so he put these in his work locker. Okay. Don't know if it was another suitcase getting them in or what, but... Why in his work locker? Oh. Sure, what would be more suspicious, you reckon? At home or in a work well, locker? Well, I don't know what year... Because he doesn't own that property. Like, no, the, I don't work... know what year this happened, but in the 1994 documentary, Lionel tells a story about how he went to the grandmother's house... And there was a there was a box in where Jeffrey was like bedroom, yeah. Like, yeah, Jeffrey's bedroom. And Lionel asked him to open it, and Jeffrey was like, "No, you know, you can't tell me what to do. I don't have to open it." And Jeffrey was like, "Oh, it's just pornographic magazines. Don't worry about it. Like, just piss off, pretty yeah. much. Leave me alone. Personal space." Yeah. And Jeffrey stormed out, and Lionel was like, "No, I'm sick of sick of Jeffrey always being." Yeah. Like, uh, you know, alcoholic and... Bit of a twat. <laughs> yeah, so he went and found some, went to find some bolt cutters. Now, as Lytle's... If you picture in your head, as mm. Lytle's coming, like... Back to with the bolt cutters. Bolt cutters, Jeffrey comes back. Mm. And this is where... Sorry, he didn't tell his dad before they were pornographic magazines. He says to his dad now, he says, Dad, they're just pornographic magazines. Bit, bit of a... We can open it up tomorrow. Yeah. All good. So Lionel says the body later found out was that was a head in there. Yeah. So I don't. So why I'm relating that to the work locker is I think that's where Jeff took the head. It was like oh, better get that out. Yeah. And took it to work. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's how that ties in. But Thank you for had, clarifying. And uh, when Jeffrey moved into a new home, he actually took the remains out of the locker and put them in his new house. Okay. Jeffrey is given five years probation for the previous sexual assault. That we discussed. Yeah. 
and was registered as a sex offender. Okay, cool. So, I think that, like, uh, we know everything, so it's a bit easy, but I think at this point we can definitely label him as a pedophile, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's not circumstantial anymore. This is two young boys that we know of. Well, yeah. Uh, In 1990, Jeff is now 30. A week after moving in to his new apartment, so he's moved out of his grandmother's again, Mm -hmm. Jeffrey kills his sixth victim, Raymond Smith. Raymond was a 32-year-old male prostitute and was lured by Jeffrey with the promise of payment for sex. Yep. Jeffrey gave Raymond a drink with sleeping pills and strangled him. So the normal normal gig here. What what we've seen the last six times, pretty much. The next day, Jeffrey purchased a Polaroid camera. And he took images of Raymond's corpse in suggestive positions. He is creating a lot of evidence. He is. Which obviously was all found. But he's been getting away with it for years, so like, what's he got to fear, really? No one's interrupted him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Raymond was dismembered in the bathroom. Jeffrey boiled the legs, arms and pelvis. He disposed of the remainder of his body in acid. And he spray-painted Raymond's skull, which he placed next to Anthony Sears in a filing cabinet. Okay, so another trophy. Yep. One week after Raymond Smith's murder, Jeffrey approached another victim and invited him up to his apartment. You know, a pattern we're starting to see by now. Yep. On this occasion, Jeffrey drank the uh, lace drink himself. Oh. And fell unconscious. He was uh, robbed. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, he never reported that one to police. You can't, really, right? I mean, obviously, one, he was on probation, and two... They don't want him taking inventory of his house. Yeah, we, they, they, he doesn't want the police in his house, thank yeah. you. <laughs> there are things that, you know, yeah. they don't need to see. In June of 1990, Jeffrey lured an acquaintance called Edward Smith to his apartment. Edward drugged and strangled. But instead of his normal body disposal methods... Edward's skeleton was placed into a freezer for months. Jeffrey thought this would remove moisture. Wait, how? Okay, I, I genuinely do. He's probably smarter than me in this sort of thing, so I don't know. This was unsuccessful. Okay. And he placed it into acid instead. Jeffrey destroyed the skull when he placed it in the oven to dry. Oh. From the freezer. So it, like, exploded. <laughs> yeah. On you, Jeff. He's learning. Yeah. Jeffrey stated to police that he felt, like after he was caught, he felt rotten that he couldn't keep any parts of Edward Smith. That's really fucked up. Mm -hmm. Three months later, so we're getting a bit closer in times of when he's killing people. Yep. Jeffrey encountered a 22-year-old named Ernest Miller. Ernest agreed to go to Jeffrey's apartment for $50 because Jeffrey wanted to listen to his heart and stomach. Okay. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So what, what... era is this sorry the 1990s yeah we're in the 90s now. so 50s a little bit more than mm. yeah and it could have just been he might have been homeless i'm not sure in the context about Ernest. yeah but <laughs> i mean i look he just wants to listen to my heart it's and probably stomach. close to 100 by these yeah. standards right like when jeffrey attempted to perform oral sex on Ernest, Ernest told jeffrey it would cost him extra okay fair enough yeah jeffrey gave Ernest two sleeping pills <laughs> which is all he had left Oh, that's his last. It wasn't enough. Enough to knock him out, surely. It wasn't enough. Yeah. So Jeffrey used a knife to slash the carotid artery. Is that the first time he's killed without... Without. without. Yeah. Yep. That's er- messy. Ernest bled to death in minutes. Yeah. Jeffrey took Polaroid images of the body and then dismembered the body in the bathtub. He's really... I don't know how he's got away with so long with all the evidence he keeps compiling and for himself. Smell. Yeah. And the acid and the... <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey wrapped Ernest's heart biceps and portions of flesh from his legs in plastic bags and placed them in the freezer. That won't last. Not at all. He boiled the remaining flesh, kept the head, and later painted it like the other two. Yeah, at least he's not eating anything. That's... Yes. I thought he... Oh, oh he died. Oh, Jesus Christ. I told you there was cannibalism. Three weeks later, Jeffrey met 22-year-old David Thomas and persuaded him to the apartment for a few drinks. Jeffrey later stated after giving David the drink laced with pills, he didn't feel any attraction. But scared that David was going to wake up and be angry if, like, that Jeffrey had drugged him. Oh, just angry, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey thought, yeah, better strangle and kill that one. Yeah, but no sexual acts. He didn't keep any of the body parts, but took photos of the dismemberment process, which is interesting because we want, you know, it makes you wonder at this point, what is it about for Jeffrey? Is it the 
curiosity of the dismemberment that goes back to his childhood, or is it the thrill of... Why can't it be both? Well, it could be. He only seems to perform sexual acts and keeps those of those he finds attractive, but he's also just interested in his craft. Hmm. Uh, Jeffrey had a five-month break. Just five months? Just um, Because he was unsuccessful at getting anyone into the apartment. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're in 1991. Jeffrey is 31. Jeffrey sees 17-year-old Curtis Strauter standing at a bus stop. He lures Curtis into his apartment with the offer of money for posing for nude photos. Jeffrey drugged and strangled Curtis, then dismembered him, keeping the skull, hands and genitals. So Take, we're, we're back to kids. Taking photos of each stage of dismemberment. Right, yeah, we're back to kids again. Two months later, you'll like this one. No, I won't. No, you won't. Jeffrey meets 19-year-old Errol Lindsay. Jeffrey lured Errol to his apartment where he was drugged. He had a hole drilled into his head where Jeffrey poured hydrochloric acid to create essentially what Brody's already brought up, a human zombie. See, this is the one I most know about him. I feel like this is the one most people know that he used there was, to... There was two, yeah. That, but like, I feel like that's kind of overtaken the rest of them. I didn't know the amount of people. I just know that he was like zombifying people. Yeah, well, it was only, it was only I think, two that he tried to zombify because he worked So at... what's the effect of hydrochloric acid poured into the skull? Well, Errol woke up. Oh. And he said he had a headache. Okay. Jeffrey drugged him again and strangled him. Okay, so it didn't work at all. No. No, so Harold woke up and went, mm, ow. Well, he's got a drill hole. Yeah. And there's acid burning away at him. Mm. So. Jesus Christ, what an idiot. That, that was the experiment. <laughs> but you, you said he did it again. He does a bit later. So the zombie thing was just like pop culture. It never actually worked. Well, no, it never worked. It was just Jeffrey trying to do an experiment and finding out that's not quite the effective way to keep people with him. Oh, because I thought that like it worked. I thought that that's no. how he... Okay, so I guess I'm just having a misconception. No, he just woke up with a headache and obviously... I wonder how many other people have that. Maybe it's just me. I'm not sure. Errol was decapitated and the skull was kept. During 1991, neighbours in the apartment block where Jeffrey lived, like they kind of, after a bit of time, were like, something smells, something smells yeah. a bit. And they also complained about the occasional sound of a chainsaw. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's not funny, but... Uh, so the building manager came down and saw Jeffrey and was like, hey, hey What Jeffrey, the fuck's going on, What are you doing mate? up there, right? Jeffrey said it was his freezer constantly breaking down and all the food, like... Buy a new freezer? And another excuse was that his tropical fish had died. Aww. Hmm. That doesn't smell... I, maybe the tank... Well, I don't know what he's trying yeah. to get out with that one. How did that work? In May 1991, Jeffrey met 14-year-old, and I probably will pronounce this one wrong, Conorak Symphosophone. So we're back to kids again. He happened to be the younger brother of a boy Jeffrey had previously assaulted. Oh. He offered him money to pose for photos. How does that work? I guess... Sometimes kids would like money. Yeah, they don't think anything about of, you know, this adult. Sure. Conorak was reluctant but changed his mind. He posed for two images before Jeffrey drugged him and assaulted him. Jeffrey drilled a hole into his skull and again injected hydrochloric acid. Mm. Before he was unconscious, Jeffrey had like, led Conorak into the bedroom mm. um, and there was another body on the ground. Oh. Jeffrey, Jeffrey said he wasn't sure if Conorak saw it because he was a bit slurry and druggish and yeah, yeah. a bit like that, but yeah. yeah. And basically, Jeffrey says, you know, he laid next to the body because he's out, Conorak's out cold, unfortunately, mm. but he was drinking beer and Jeffrey ran out, ran out. Okay. So Jeffrey left the apartment to go and get some beer, more beer. Jeffrey returned home to find Conorak sitting outside naked with three distressed women around him. Ah. Oh. Jeffrey explained Conorak was his friend and tried to lead him back to the apartment. The women stated they had called 911. <laughs> oh no. When police arrived, Jeffrey told them Conorak was his 19-year-old, so five years on top of his actual age, mm. was his 19-year-old boyfriend and they drunk too much after an argument. Can we see some ID would be my first question. One woman tried to indicate that Conorak was bleeding from his anus. Oh. And he had struggled against Jeffrey when trying to, like, when Jeffrey was trying to be like, come on. Yeah. Come. The officers told her to butt out and not to interfere in a domestic dispute. Oh. The officers covered Conorak with a towel and walked him back to the apartment. 
Jeffrey showed the officers the Polaroid images to convey the idea that they, you know, they were lovers. You yeah. Know, just taken some what about the dead body, though? The still in his room. The officers did state they smelt a weird smell, but they didn't take a good look. They sort of just went... They're probably also... What, what era is this? 1970s, 80s? 1990s. 1990s. I don't know how forward um, gay rights were, but a domestic assault between two same-sex partners they probably don't want to get involved in. So apparently all they did was sort of look a little bit inside and was like... Yeah. Fine. Yeah, like they don't. <laughs> Let's not have comments on the police work today. The officers left and told Jeffrey to take good care of Conrack. That's gross. After their departure, Jeffrey again inserted hydrochloric acid into Conrack's skull. This injection was fatal. The next day, Jeffrey dismembered the two bodies that he now had in his apartment and kept their skulls. Is this the first time he's had multiple bodies at once that we know of? That we know of, yeah. Yeah. Mo- How the fuck did he get away with that? I know, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, that's... And the fact that that poor young boy didn't know that... This is almost as frustrating when you hear the Zodiac case where... Was it Zodiac or someone? They could have caught him, but they thought yeah, they were looking for a black man. Yeah, Zodiac. That's just like, what are you doing? Like... Mm. I don't know how they were like, yeah, he looks 19. Uh, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. A month later, Jeffrey met 20-year-old Matt Turner. Matt accepted the offer to do a paid professional photo shoot. Matt was drugged, strangled, and dismembered. His internal organs were placed in the freezer. Yeah. Five days later, so we're getting closer now, Jeffrey met 23-year-old Jeremiah Weinberger. He was drugged and injected with boiling water. Why? That placed him in a coma, in which he died two days later. Boiling water into his head? Into his skull. Yeah. I think he was just at this point experimenting. That's fucked. It's really fucked. In July, Jeffrey met Oliver Lacey. Uh, Oliver agreed to pose for photographs, yeah. like most of the other the, the, victims. We're getting, it's sad that it's getting yeah. normal. <clears throat> the pair engaged in sexual activity before Oliver was drugged. Jeffrey intended to look. He wanted to keep Oliver around. That, I mean, that was his goal with the others. Yeah, but as he, like a he, zombie. He wanted, he intended like, to keep him. Yeah, um, like, so like it, a mannequin who could still... Yeah. yeah. So he knocked him unconscious with chloroform. Okay. And that... But not your unconscious, yeah. yeah. Oliver was strangled. I don't know why Jeffrey was like, mm, don't worry about it. He never commits to anything. That's his issue. The head, heart, and skeleton were placed in the freezer. Four days later, Jeffrey was fired from his job. Oh no. And in response, he killed another victim. Wait, why was he fired? Uh, because, so what I said before about how every time, you know how you mentioned that Jeffrey only has one day off and yeah. how does he fit all of this in? Yeah. He continuously called up and said, mm, can't, come, can't in. come in, got to deal with something. Oh, and because they're becoming more frequent, these days yeah. off are kind yep. of piling up. Yep. Okay. On July 22nd, 1991, Jeffrey approached three men with $100 to go and post for nude photos. Three? Three. Ooh. One group member, Tracy Edwards, agreed. Upon entering, Tracy identified a foul odour and boxes of hydrochloric acid. Jeffrey said he'd just use those clean bricks. Clean bricks? Hmm. Tracy turned his head to, apparently Jeff, like, motion to, hey, look at my fish. Yeah. Uh, when Tracy was handcuffed. Jeffrey brought out a knife and informed Tracy he was going to take nude photos of him. I thought that was why Tracy was there anyway, but... Yeah. Anyway. To appease Jeffrey, Tracy said... He would oblige if Jeffrey took the handcuffs off and put the knives away. Right, that's not how this is going down, but alright. Jeffrey ignored this and looked at the TV. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> he just looked over at the TV. He was like, okay. no. Jeffrey placed his head on Tracy's chest, listening to his heartbeat. Jeffrey told Tracy he intended to eat his heart. Oh, for fuck's sake. To prevent Jeffrey from attacking him, Tracy told Jeffrey he was his friend and he wasn't going to run away. Inside the living room, Tracy offered to have a beer with Jeffrey, and at a lapse of concentration, Tracy took the opportunity to punch Jeffrey in the face and escape. In handcuffs? Yeah. Oh, is handcuffs at the front or back? Front. Oh, front. okay. Yeah. Tracy flagged down police officers who asked to be taken to where he was held because they, they had the handcuff. No, the handcuff key. Oh. So they they have keys to their handcuffs, obviously. But are you sure it's a reason? Wouldn't yeah, no, just... no, no, no. They went obviously went back to go and yeah. look at what was going on. But first of all, they were like, "Well, we can't unlock these." Does mate? So they, just, they could just yeah. cut them off. Right anyway, now. I assume it'd just be to because they didn't exchange yeah. names. So they went back to the apartment. Jeffrey uh, fled. I assume. Jeffrey admitted to. No, he's still there. Oh, for fuck! 
He admitted to placing the handcuffs on Tracy, but just didn't want to give or didn't give any explanation why he'd done that. Police in, police entered the apartment and everything was revealed. Okay, they found everything. So I'll just wrap this up. So Finally caught. Jeffrey waived his right to an attorney okay. and he confessed to everything. He didn't even... Didn't even put up a fight. Didn't even put up a fight. Okay. Straight out confessed to it. So every single murder. Every detail. Jesus. So just so you do know, there was 17 in total. 17? Yes. Over how long of a span? The 19 to the 1980s, so it's about six, seven years. Okay, including the first one? I don't, yeah. The big, like the big... Yeah, the spring. Jeffrey readily admitted to engaging in necrophilia and cannibalism. So you're eating people before this guy's heart? Yeah, he said, he said, yeah, that's why, like, pretty much the police were like, we've got bits of the body here, but we can't quite match it all up. Can you explain that one? Yeah, he's like, snacked in. Jeffrey stated it was a desire to constantly need to be with someone, irrespective of the cost. Yeah, but he could... All these people seem to have willingly engaged in sex activities before he killed them. But they wanted to leave after. That was... Jesus Christ. He received 16 life imprisonment terms. Now, the reason he didn't get 17 was the Stephen Tuomi murder, because although Jeffrey said... Yeah, must have killed him. There's no other oh, explanation. Oh, the one where he's blacked out. But that's, yeah, he yeah. didn't receive a life sentence on that one. Did he second degree or something stupid? Like, wasn't it? Yeah. In November 1994, so three years after he was caught. That's stupid though. Huh? Just yeah. He still cut up the body and, you know, yeah, exactly. fuck he's with still, the body both best. I, I assume he got charges. Of Even if you don't kill someone, if you find an unconscious body or a hurt body and then start dissecting it and like eating it and chopping it apart... Surely that's worth a license or something you'd, close. You'd think so. Yeah. But I feel like you'd get, like, interference with a... Yeah, or something like Surely that. it breaks, like, a UN code of something. <laughs> Do not dissect bodies. <laughs> Don't fuck around with bodies. In November 1994, so three years after he was caught, Jeffrey was murdered by Christopher Scarver, who murdered another roommate at the same time. Okay. Um, so he never got his due diligence in prison? No. They put him in solitary to begin with because, you know, for who he was. And then they thought it was safe to move him out. Did the media circus around him start after his incarceration or is it post his death? I think it was when he was caught. It was just like, oh my God, there's a necrophile and a cannibal. He was trying to turn people into zombies. Yeah, Yeah. that was pretty much... Right. So that's that's Jeffrey Dahmer. That was a lot. Um, Yeah. All right, let's recap. Yep. So we've got 17 murdered victims. Some yep. were under the legal age of, a, of an adult. Yep. Uh, two were attempted to be made into zombies. Most all were dissected and cut up. Um, he tried to boil, put boiling water in one of them and put it in a coma. So it just sounds like... And he kept, obviously, a lot of parts as... Sounds like his problems come from alcoholism, a failure to commit to things in his life, including people, careers, that sort of thing. Um, he has obviously problems with social skills or keeping relationships with people, even his parents, his grandparents, all the people who were like suitable lovers, I guess you'd call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, he just was able to keep getting away with it. Now, Lionel often says, you know, he blames himself because he thinks that his fascination with animals and animal bones was the reason Jeff went down that path. Yeah, but that's, that's like saying I introduced my kid to... Um, you know, like throwing a frisbee, and he ended up like decapitating people with like a flying disc. Like, mm. there's one, there's one thing, and there's the extreme of that. And yeah, or being like, oh, I, I introduced my kid to politics, and now they're a fascist dictator. Like, it's it's they're not really the same. Like, I think it's called taxi derby or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, is a is a legitimate hobby, and a lot of people mm. have it. And I like, see. I think interest in like the biological side of an animal. And it's anatomy. I don't think that's... I think like, they, they always say that an, like harming animals and stuff is always... But Jeffrey wasn't... He wasn't ex- killing the animals. No, he was looking for dead dead animals. And then... Yeah. So I think that's a little bit of a difference. I think that... I mean, if the, the bigger problem for me would have been his unengagement with people. And because, it's alcohol. Because even if like he had a hobby like that, if he had a partner who's like, mate, what are you doing? Like, why are we... Like, he would have just been more contained. I think it's just his lack of ability to relate to people, his early-onset alcoholism. And and I think the effect that, as he said, he needed to be distracted from... Yeah. And he didn't know how to, I guess, 
one, probably cope with the fact that he was homosexual in the 70s slash 80s. He also couldn't cope with, you know, being being alone all the time. He needed something constant in his life that voided his need to... Yeah, and you also have the fact that his murder's been normalised for him. He gets away with it constantly. I mean, look at the Conorak murder. Yeah. The one where it was just the police were like, yeah. Yeah, even the authorities' unwillingness to look into that example of like a domestic same-sex. Um, but yeah, the, the point to make about that one too is why didn't they look up Jeffrey Dahmer? What would have come up first? Pedophilia. His and... sexual... Sex offenders. Yeah, yeah. But, but at the same time... I mean, hindsight. We always say hindsight. Yeah, but... at the same time, like, they don't want to engage within this couple. Like, they want to do it as quick as possible, be out there. Okay, seems fine. Yep, you go yeah. back. Anyway, that was, episode was heavy. Uh, if you listen all the way through, you're a strong warrior. I am. I needed a quick break If you are, <laughs> If you are interested in learning a bit more about the case, as I said in the introduction, there is a movie called My Friend Dharma. There's also the 1994 documentary in the prison with Jeffrey and his father, Lyle. Several books, I assume. Definitely several books, and obviously internet's always a great resource. But Just be careful what you're looking up. Exactly. Anyway, um, hopefully next week we'll have something a bit lighter, but until then, I've been Brody. I've been Robin. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. <laughs>